Thank you very much. I'm going to start with an invocation to Iris, or Iris, who's the Greek goddess of the rainbow, um, the goddess, the messenger goddess, who takes messages from the heavens to the earth. And she's a particular favorite of mine uh, because she's so good at making connections between incompatible or incommensurate worlds, <clears throat> which is very helpful if you're trying to talk about rivers or trees or mud. So this is him to Iris. Quick-moving goddess of the rainbow, you whose being is only an afterglow of a passing through. Put your hands, put your heaven-taken shape down on the ground now, anywhere, like a bent-down bough of nothing, a bridge built out of the linked cells of thin air and let there be instantly in its underlight, at street corners, on swings, out of car windows, a three-moment blessing for all bridges. May impossible rifts be often delicately crossed by bridges of two thrown ropes or one dropped plank. May the unfixed forms of water be warily leaned over on flexible high bridges, huge iron sketches of the mathematics of strain, and bridges of see-through stone, the living space of drips and echoes. May two fields be bridged by a style, and two hearts by the tilting footbridge of a glance. And may I often wake on the broken bridge of a word, like in the wind, the trace of a web tethered to nothing. The next poem is particularly for Caught by the River. I'm not a fisherman, but I'm quite intrigued by eels, and I spend a lot of time uh, looking for eels in the river near where I live. And it's very difficult because it's quite often it's an estuary bit of the river and the wind comes up it and as soon as you think you've seen an eel the wind interrupts you and troubles the water so this is a poem about eels interrupted by the wind <clears throat> sometimes you see mudfish those short lead lengths of eels that hide at low tide those roping and wagging preliminary pre-world creatures, cousins of the moon, who love blackness, aloofness, always move under cover of the unmoon, and then as soon as you see them, gone. Untranslatable, hissed interruptions, unspeakable, wide, chapped lips. It's the wind again, cursing the water, and when it clears, you keep looking and looking for those under-lurkers, uncontrolled little eddies. When you lever their roofs up, they lie limbless, hairless, like the bends of some huge plumbing system, sucking and sucking the marshes. And sometimes it's just a smirk of ripples, and then as soon as you see them, gone. Untranslatable, hissed interruptions, unspeakable, wide, chapped lips. It's the wind again, bothering the reeds, and when it clears, you keep looking and looking for those backlashes, water wicks, 
You keep finding those sea veins still flowing, little cables of shadow, vanishing dream lines, long roots of the penumbra. But they just drill down into gravel and dwindle as quick as drips. And then as soon as you see them, gone. Untranslatable hissed interruptions, unspeakable wide chapped lips. It's the wind again pushing on your ears. And when it clears, sometimes you see the whip thin tail of a waning moon start burrowing back into blackness. And then as soon as you see her, and then as soon as you say so, gone. Uh, the next poem is called Looking for Cowslips, and it's another poem about an over-eager writer peering at the natural world and uh, being snubbed by it. <clears throat> this is me, this is me again. Knocking with my two feet's fists on the earth's door. This is impatience, pacing the fields, looking for a milk-thin flower, asking the grass where it is, where it is. Can you hear me, cowslips, waiting in the dark with your strange, many-mouthed faces? Impossibilities, waiting to be born with your heads of pale hands. She stands, casting her shadows, shouting for the spring. The sun saying nothing, covering the fields with a slippery brightness. Her feet saying nothing, leaving a trace of listening in the grass. I'm quite neurotic about the word nature, um, because I don't really know what it means. So I've been watching a bit of David Attenborough to try and get a grasp on the subject. <laughs> and I was... Um, particularly keen on one of the episodes of The Blue Planet, uh, an episode all about eating. And there was an amazing image that really struck me of these baby turtles um, hatching out of the sand with crowds and crowds of seagulls all around them, waiting for them to hatch, at which point they would simply gobble them up. And it was beautifully alien and also beautifully human. And uh, so this next poem is dedicated to all turtles everywhere, especially <laughs> human turtles. <clears throat> human turtles living at the mercy of human seagulls. <clears throat> and this poem is called Living Under the Digestive System. Went out to a cafe last night, a kind of hospital place with white cloths. I was looking for food. All I found was the waiters were rude on their rounds. The patients kept drumming their fingers and opening their face wounds. What a burial place for dead leaves, pale endives and chives. What a transplant place. What a ward for transfusions, those grinding engines concealed behind napkins. I remember the candlelit clatter of teeth. I was thinking, thank God for the background noise of the same CD being played of a flute like a famished throat. What a shame to be eaten. Then a man sat down, 
He skewered a fact with his fork. He was stroking his throat. He was bursting to talk. But the woman on his left was lividly pinpointing peas. The woman on his right was spitting a splatter of opinions mixed up with onions. She said, he said, ladies, admire me, please. But the woman on his left was lifting a living fish to her lips. The woman on his right was dipping her fingertips in flesh. She said, I just adore the digestive system. How nocturnal it is to be eaten, how airless and wet. It's a quagland, a wilderness. When you get down to that windowless work, it's a murmurous gadget of blades which your eyes can't enter. Look close look closer. There are ferns and flowers that bloom in the gullet. It's a day shift, night shift, shaft full of clobber, whole rooms full of water, and winding steps lead out to the exit. He said, listen, this is hardly conversation. We should ask each other questions. Are you fond of me both? But the meat was still writhing in his mouth. He was kissing his plate. He said, waiter, these kisses are cold, and you're late. Oh, the tables were dressed in white. They were bridesmaids waiting to be laid. There were plates of bones being pushed to one side. I said, why do you drink like that, like a horse with your lips pulled back? I can see right down through the bottom of your glass to the black and sucking force of your gut. I don't like it. He said, listen, it's dark living under the digestive system. It's dog-eat-dog down here. It's a pig's dinner, meaning big eat small. There's no alternative at all. He said, listen, you might imagine a more nervous or lymphatic system. But the mact of the fatter is this. This world is a gut, and it's all we've got. Don't speak, not yet. But don't forget, the next world's going to be candlelit. A kind of hospital place with white cloths. You'd better look smart. Twelve silver angels will come at dark. Like cutlery, they are cloned and sharp. <laughs> Um, I'll just read, uh, I'll just speak a couple more poems. <clears throat> this next one is called Cold Streak, and it's about Dartmoor. I notice a cold streak. I notice it in the sun. All that dazzling stubbornness of keeping to its clock. I notice the fatigue of flowers when weighed upon by light. I notice the lark has a needle pulled through its throat. Why don't they put down their instruments? I notice they never pause. I notice the dark sediment of their singing covers the moors like soot blown under a doorway. Almost everything here has cold hands. I notice the sky wears surgical gloves. I notice the keen, pale colors of the wind like a surgeon's assistant. Why don't they lift their weight and see what's flattened underneath it? I notice the thin, meticulous grass really thrives in this place. And finally, I'll, I'll do another eel poem for Caught by the River. <laughs> and this one is an excerpt from Dart, the long poem about the river. Uh, which is where I live. And it's spoken in the voice of an eel watcher. Two places I've seen eels, bright whips of flow, like stopper waves the river curve slides through. Trampling around, at first you just make out the elver movement of the running sunlight. Three foot under the road judder, you hold and breathe contracted to an eye-quiet world. 
while an old dandelion unpicks her shawl, and one by one the small, spent oak flowers fall. Then gently lift a branch, brown tag and fur on every stone and straw and drifting burr, when, like a streamer from your own eyes, iris, a kingfisher spurts through the bridge whose axis is endlessly in motion as each wave photos its flowing to the bridge's curve. If you can keep your foothold snooping down, then suddenly two eels let go, get thrown tumbling away downstream, looping and linking. Another time, we scooped a net through sinking silt and gold and caught one strong as bike chain, stared for a while, then let it back again. I never pass that place and not make time to see if there's an eel come up the stream. I let time go as slow as moss. I stand and try to get the dragonflies to land their gypsy-colored engines on my hand. Thank you. <laughs>